morning, everyone. I call the TJPA Board of Directors regular meeting of September 14th, 2023 to order. Um, I am Raphael Mandelman, the vice chair of this board. Our board, our board meeting is being held in person at San Francisco City Hall. Members of the public may attend the meeting in person. Uh, watch on SF Cable Channel 78, 28, or 99, depending on your provider, or visit the SFGov TV website. Uh, to stream the live meeting. Madam Assistant Secretary, please call the roll. Thank you, Vice Chair Mandelman. Prior to calling roll, I would like to note that Chair G is absent due to a scheduling conflict, so thank you, Vice Chair Mandelman, for presiding over the meeting. Also, we welcome a newly appointed SFMTA alternate, Director Jonathan Ruers, who will be sitting in for Director Tumlin. And lastly, we would like to note that Director John Baptiste will be absent due to a scheduling conflict. With that, uh, directors, I will call roll. Uh, Director El Tawanzi. Here. Twan El Tawanzi present. Director Forbes. Here. Forbes present. Director Lipkin. Present. Lipkin present. Director Ruers. Present. Ruers present. Director Syed. Present. Syed present. Vice Chair Mandelman. Present. Mandelman present. Directors, we have quorum. If I may proceed to your next item. Ed. All right. Directors, item three is communications, and we would like to note the process for members of the public to make public comment. Members of the public may comment on the meeting during public comment periods in person or remotely. The call-in line is provided as a courtesy, and its availability may be disrupted due to technical difficulties or otherwise. In-person public comment will be taken first. Remote public comment will be taken after. The public call-in line is printed on the agenda, and dialing instructions should be scrolling on the bottom of the screen on SFGov TV. With that, are there any communications? Don't see any. Okay, and I will check for public comment in the room. Seeing none in the room, I will check online. Seeing none online, I'll proceed to your next item. Directors, uh, item four is Board of Directors New and Old Business. Directors, I'm not aware of any. All right, I'll proceed to the next item. Item five is the Executive Director's Report, and Executive Director Adam Vanderwater will present the item. Good morning, Directors. Welcome, Director Ruers, and happy Transit Month. Uh, last month, Andrea Miller, our Chief Financial Officer, um, left the TJPA to return to her roots at the City of Richmond um, to serve as their Director of Finance. The team has developed a plan to continue uh, the business of the agency, and item 10 today uh, relates to this effort as we continue to seek uh, a ways to fill that uh, vacancy, which is already underway. Um, at the Transit Center, the Dreamforce is this week, the large conference for Salesforce, our, our neighbor, and we've seen a noticeable increase in riders, park visitors, and retail customers at the center, including several large uh, party reservations within the building. The East Cut Community Benefit District has also received feedback from many of their neighborhood uh, largest employers that they are bringing an increasing number of employees back to the office uh, post Labor Day. So we are seeing a little bit of pickup in um, activity in the neighborhood and, and welcome that. Uh, the month of September is also Transit Month, uh, and we have partnered with organizers. Some nice stickers here from our partners at AC Transit. Uh, you may be able to find around 
the area. Um, the San Francisco Transit Riders and Seamless Bay Area are uh, planning a number of events uh, to highlight the important role transportation has in bringing communities closer through uh, the region, including our multimodal transit center. We'll be providing transit riders of the Bay Area system, including to our transit center, with an opportunity to win a tour of our sixth level facility, uh, including the two level completed train box underneath. Our transit oriented activities will occur the week of September 25th with a tabling event, Let's Talk Transit at Sans Salesforce Park uh, on Wednesday, September 27th. And we're partnering with Kaiser Permanente, our tenant, to host a small forum titled Thrive with Transit on Wednesday, September 20th, in front of their space by Shaw Alley. Uh, additionally, we'll join Caltrain as they host an EMU uh, electric train block party at their 4th and King Street Station on Saturday, uh, the 23rd. This event follows their very successful event in San Jose that brought over 4,500 people to see their new electric trains. We invite the public to participate in these many fun transit month activities happening in and near the Salesforce Transit Center. In addition to these transit related events, we continue to provide our daily free offering of activities and facilities uh, operations director Ari Walsh will cover this in his report, um, including news of the recent lease termination agreement with JSSK1 doing business as the show group for the three lease spaces in our park at P1. Um, and the two suite spaces 133 and 137 on the ground floor along Natoma. We'll share a little more on our plans to engage the community uh, along with our real estate professionals to identify the highest and best use of these three spaces. On the DTX, uh, we continue to advance the downtown rail extension, also known as the Portal Project and the FTA, the Federal Transit Administration's Capital Investment Grant Program. Earlier this week, I joined uh, Director Alfonso Rodriguez in LA, along with Executive Director Michelle Brochard here today, as we participated in the FTA's Transit Construction Roundtable, in which they're hosting with LA Metro to discuss mega project delivery and best practices. It was a great opportunity to meet, learn, and discuss with other mega project sponsors, along with FTA, in delivering transformational transit investments, and we got a chance to tour the under construction LA Metro Purple Line extension, to Santa Monica and hear from and connect with comparable projects doing heavy urban underground rail, including the Central Subway Project, the Peninsula Corridor Electrification Project, East Side Access and Hudson Tunnel Project in the New York metro area, and LA Metro's Regional Connector. These were uh, good opportunities to establish connections and learn from their uh, challenges of delivering these projects over the last several years. Matching funds uh, continue to be our primary focus to advance this pod project which on the local level includes the SFCTAs, the County Transportation Authority Board's passage of an additional Prop K, Prop L allocation of funds um, of $4.6 million on first reading this Tuesday uh, to support the project's advancement. Regionally, we continue to coordinate with the Metropolitan Transportation Commission on an update to the major project advancement policy, which they started discussions yesterday at their September Programming and Allocations Committee prior to expected commission action in October. We're continuing discussions asking them to prioritize the portal's funding to coincide with and meet funding milestones as we complete the FTA's new starts process. They're also considering an update to the, the bipartisan infrastructure law program, which awarded over 50% of Bay Area projects that MTC endorsed. We have asked their, for their consideration to endorse the portal for both the mega and Chrissing fun Chrissy uh, funding programs, which we've already submitted applications for. As mentioned, our project has been recognized as a strong contender for these funding sources, and we'd like the MTC's advocacy and support, 
especially since their two endorsed projects uh, for these funds did not pursue funding for this cycle's two-year award timeline, which uh, allocation of funding ends in fiscal year 26 and awards expected uh, this fall and, and early next year. Lastly, we thank the state again for their $60 million commitment um, of TERSIP funds to the project. Uh, and your consideration of item 12 on today's agenda allows them to take uh, the team to take the master agreement to the California Transportation Commission in October to keep the project development efforts moving forward. Happy to answer any other questions uh, you may have before we have RE present the facilities operations report. And that concludes the items under my portion of the report today. Questions? Comments? Continue. Great. Ari? Good morning, uh, Vice Chair Mendelman and directors. I'm Ari Walsh, the TJPA Facility Director, and I'm happy to be here with you today. Uh, let me get this. Okay. Uh, four popular programs uh, for the last month. We have Drum Circle, which you see here, Rooftop Jazz, Yoga, and of course our lovely family programs uh, like Toddler Tuesday. As uh, Director Vanderwater had mentioned, uh, this month is Transit Month, so we're all celebrating by riding transit as we always do, right? And uh, I'm personally looking forward to the BART scavenger hunts that we're having throughout the Bay Area. And at the Transit Center, we're going to be having some food pop-ups in the park, some performances, some informational tablings from some of our partners, and really just getting the word out about how important it is to ride transit. For park programming attendance, uh, we're, what we see here is a one-year graph of attendance. And the important takeaway is that we are trending up by about 24% when compared with last year. Upcoming performances. On the 18th, we have Tierra y Libertad by Peña Toribio in celebration of Hispanic Heritage Month. And on the 24th uh, of September, we have an Alice in Wonderland math quest that takes you throughout the park. It actually looks like a really fun uh, event for everybody in, uh, to come out and enjoy the park with their family. And then in, on the 8th, we also have another uh, math quest, but I believe the theme is a bit different to change it up and keep it exciting. Uh, and just showing how diverse our events are, we've got the Post Ballet coming up on October 15th, Banda Sin Nombre, who we love with their drag shows and musical performances, and then of course a Halloween silent disco. For visit trends, uh, I've become a super nerd when it comes to data again, and I, and I really like it, uh, especially when I see positive data. So what we see here from Placer AI is uh, using cell phone data to show uh, activity around the center. And what we're seeing is actually a 48% increase when compared to last year. And we're averaging around 116,000 people per month, which is also up. And our average dwell time, it may seem small, but it has risen by about three minutes, which is just enough time to grab a coffee or uh, another beverage. With regards to MTA ridership, uh, we're seeing an increase when compared to last year, and this data is uh, citywide. Uh, we do see a slight dip in July, 
But uh, one hypothesis is that that may be due to people feeling more comfortable traveling, summer breaks, that kind of thing. With regards to AC transit, a very similar trend to SFMTA. Uh, we're showing a 24% um, increase and again, a little bit of a dip uh, in July. So really looking forward to see the August numbers, but more than anything, I'm actually very excited to see the September numbers. As most people know, a lot of folks were coming back to work post Labor Day, and then of course we've got Dreamforce happening now, so that'll be very interesting to see where we can max out with regards to ridership and uh, activity in general. For retail leasing updates, uh, we've got Modi, formerly uh, Via Vi by Aqualina. They're delayed a little bit, but they are still trucking along quite a bit. They're getting their uh, kitchen exhaust installed right now and finalizing some interior finishes. They're a little late, but they're still not too far out. Um, still looking for them to activate in maybe November, at latest December. Uh, we've also got Bear Bottle, who's uh, submitted some plans to put a kiosk in the Grand Hall, which will be great to activate that space and capture some of that foot traffic on the ground floor. As Director Vandenwater mentioned, uh, we have reached a lease termination agreement with the show group from uh, well, JSSK doing business as the show group uh, to terminate their lease on the rooftop park and on the ground floors. Uh, and right now we're really just focusing on activating that space, especially in the roof, uh, working with the community partners, and then of course working with our real estate professionals at Collier's and other places to find a long-term tenant that really fits the park and complements uh, the public access and use of the park. So um, just wanna be very clear there, and we're looking for the right fit. Uh, also, we've got Dim Bows and Juice Bar, uh, who is uh, looking to start construction in the next several months with Pokey House, which is on a little bit of a slower trajectory. And then I want to make sure I show some love to our current tenants who are open and operating and uh, make sure we flag them. But otherwise, that's the end of my report. Please let me know if you have any questions. Director Saeed. Thank you. I just wanted to share, uh, just to add upon a little bit on the AC Transit ridership story. Please. Um, anyone who's interested, uh, we're going through our realign uh, study right now, looking at how ridership has changed and is still changing. So um, on our website, there's a, a new report published that shares um, both ridership summary and then looking at each line individually. And Love that. Um, yeah, I was excited to see that a few of our Transbay routes are actually have higher productivity than they did in 2019. So mm -hmm. it's just a handful, but um, it's great to see riders coming back um, to those Transbay routes. Thank you for saying that. Thanks. Director, if I may, there's been some new fleet that has been launched for AC Transit. I don't know if you want to speak to that. They're lovely new buses that I've had the chance to ride here into the center. Wonderful. Yes, uh, we have new double-decker MCIs, and my only complaint is there's too many riders on my transport route for them <laughs> to put those buses in service. So, But it's been great to see them out um, serving Transbay, and also I've been hearing a lot of positive feedback from our um, on our school routes, so kids are really yes. excited since those buses are doing double duty, doing the Transbay, and then the school pickups. Um, they're and getting to enjoy those unintended the new buses. So, 
Love it. Thank you so much. Great. Thank you. Thank you. This concludes the items under the report. All right. We, uh, this time we'll check for public comment in the room. Seeing none in the room, I will check online. No public comment online. May I proceed to your next item? Great. Uh, directors, item six is the CAC update, and CAC chair Brian Larkin is here to uh, address you. Good morning, Vice Chair Mandelman and other, pardon me, board members. I'm Brian Larkin, chair of the TJPA CAC. I'm here to talk about our meeting of this past Tuesday, the 12th. Um, whoops. Our brief agenda included um, the usual staff report, downtown rail extension work plan update, and facility operations update. Lily Magis Wu provided the staff's report on their activities since our August meeting, and that included a description of what's going to be going on for transit month. Among the things that she mentioned was, what was it, a transit block party at 4th and King Street on, I think, the 23rd couple of weekends hence. And one of our CAC members, Anthony Nacor, said there was a lot scheduled at the same time at that same location. So it could be crowded and that the TJPA staff should plan accordingly. Um, Anna Harvey gave the DTX work plan update. Eric Schottmeyer asked a question as to whether TJPA's RM3 funding request would be affected by the MTC rating of the project. In asking that question, Eric demonstrated a much more thorough understanding of the funding process than I will ever have. Um, I asked a question about the relocation process planning, and my takeaway from that was that that process endeavor is much more intensive than I would have imagined, process intensive than I would have ever imagined. Um, Ari Walsh gave his monthly report on facility operations. Natasha Peterson, pardon me, Patterson, asked about uh, trends in commercial rents and new occupancies of rental space. The other Brian, Brian Shaw and Eric Schottmeyer, both made observations on the streetscape surrounding the center. There's been some changes, I think, in just what's open, what's not, but they wanted to know that they had made observations. Other than public comment and a review, pardon me, general public comment and a review of requests for upcoming meeting topics, that was it for this month. Thank you, Chair Larkin. Okay. Any comments? I look forward to seeing you in October. All right. Let's see if there's public comment. I will check for public comment in the room. And seeing no public comment in the room, I will check online. Seeing no public comment online, proceed to your next item. Please. Thank you. Directors, item seven is public comment, an opportunity for members of the public to address the authority on matters that are not on today's calendar. 
And at this time, I'll check for a public comment in the room. And we do have public comment. Good morning. Hi, this is Jim Patrick. I'm with Patrick and Company. And I want to address uh, the policy for the project labor agreement. This policy, and it's the policy of this board to pay the highest price for labor, the highest price for labor. How can you possibly bid a two or three or four billion dollar project where you already have agreed to pay the highest price? You are shooting yourself in the foot. And I think it's not right. Uh, you only have the opportunity, the contractor only has an opportunity to bid on risk and profit. He has his labor fixed. What are you doing? It makes no sense. So I agree. I think you should redo the policy and rethink that thing from top to bottom. Uh, I've argued for this a long time, and I continue to argue for it uh, because I think it's good public policy. Thank you. Thank you. Check to see if there's any additional public comment in the room. Seeing none, I will check online. Okay. All right, there's no other member of the public wishing to address you under this item. That concludes the item. May I proceed? Yeah. All right. Directors, item eight is the, uh, your next item is the consent calendar. All matters listed are considered to be routine and will be acted upon by a single vote. There will be no separate discussion of these items unless a member of the board or the public so requests, in which event the matter shall be removed from the consent calendar and considered separately. And, sorry. And uh, I would. Oh, directors, I have not received any indication that there's a member of the board or the public who is wishing to um, have any items considered separately and confirming there's no public comment. Okay. All right. I will, I will proceed uh, with calling the consent. I will go ahead and proceed with um, calling the consent calendar. Um, item 8.1 is approving the minutes of the August 10th, 2023 meeting. Item 8.2 is authorizing the executive director to execute an amendment to the master services agreement with Everbridge Incorporated for mass notification system software services for an additional compensation of up to $451,500 over three years. 8.3 is authorizing the executive director to execute a third amendment to the lease agreement with Vanga Incorporated doing business as Vanga Empanadas for commercial retail space in, suites, in suite 123 on the first floor of the transit center. And item 8.4 is authorizing the executive director to execute a second amendment to the lease agreements with Dimbows Incorporated, a California co corporation for two commercial retail spaces, suites 125 and 129, which is Dimbow Restaurant and Suite 119 Juice Bar on the first floor of the Transit Center. Do I have a first to move the item? I'll make a motion. Thank you, Director Forbes. Do I have a second? Second. Second by Director Lipkin. At this time, Directors, I'll call the vote. Uh, Director Forbes? 
Aye. Forbes, aye. Director Lipkin? Aye. Lipkin, aye. Director Ruiz? Aye. Ruiz, aye. Director Syed? Aye. Syed, aye. Vice Chair Mandelman? Aye. Mandelman, aye. Directors, this item, uh, the consent calendar is approved. Proceed to your next item. Please do. All right. Directors, item nine is approving the recommended applicant to serve as a member of the TJPA Citizen, Citizens Advisory Committee to fill the vacant bicycle seat, bicycle advocate seat. Lily Magis Wu, TJPA Communications and Legislative Affairs Director, is here to present the item. Good morning, directors. As noted in your packet, the TJPA CAC was created to advise the TJPA board on matters of public interest relating to the Transb program. Um, the CAC consists of 15 members representing specific constituencies, which rep represent the many local and regional groups impacted by the program. Um, last July, CAC member Hunter Oatman Stanford, who sat in the bicycle advocate seat, resigned, resulting in a midterm opening for this seat. Um, staff determined that there were qualified candidates available from the 22 and 23 recruitment cycles, and um, there were five of them, and we are recommending one before you today, um, Jocelyn Thompson, to fill the bicycle advocate seat. And she is actually here, um, if you'd like to hear from her. Thank you. That would be great. Good morning, I'm Jocelyn Thompson. I'm honored to be considered for this appointment and I'm here to answer questions if you have any. Thank you. Comments or questions other than thanks and gratitude? Gratitude. Mm -hmm. uh, well, looks like you, we have no questions. All right, I will check for uh, public comment in the room. Seeing no public comment in the room, I will check online. <coughs> No public comment online. Um, I will go ahead and uh, call the vote. Do I have a do I have a uh, a first to move the item? I'll make a motion. Thank you, Director Rears. First by Director Rears. Do I have a second? I'll second it. And a second by Director Syed. I'll go ahead and call the vote. Uh, Director Forbes. Aye. Forbes. Aye. Director Lipkin. Aye. Lipkin. Aye. Director Rears. Aye. Rears. Aye. Director Syed. Aye. Syed, aye. Vice Chair Mandelman? Aye. Mandelman, aye. Directors, uh, item nine is approved. Proceed to your next item. Please do. All right. Directors, item 10 is adopting a resolution appointing Araceli Harris, finance manager two, as an extra help retired annuitant to assist with imminent special project work, finance training, oversight, and transition during a critical time as the TJPA fills several vacant finance positions. Neela Gonzalez, TJPA Chief of Staff, is here to address you. Hi, directors. Uh, the item before you is a requirement uh, by CalPERS, uh, as Ms. Harris retired less than 180 days ago. I'd like to stop right there and, and give our gratitude for her, to her for considering to uh, come back and assist the agency during this critical time and share her uh, institutional knowledge and expertise with the staff. Um, with that, um, are there any questions? Looks like not. Okay. Thank you. All right, no questions from directors. I'll check the room for public comment. Seeing no public comment in the room, I will check online.
Seeing none online, I will go ahead and call the vote. Do I have a first to move the item? I'll make a motion. Okay, thank you. Uh, we have a first by Director Forbes. Do I have a second? Second. Second by Director Lipkin. Thank you. I'll go ahead and call the vote. Director Forbes? Aye. Forbes, aye. Director Lipkin? Aye. Lipkin, aye. Director Ruers? Aye. Ruers, aye. Director Syed? Aye. Syed, aye. Vice Chair Mandelman? Aye. Mandelman, aye. Item 10, appointing a retired annuitant, is approved. Proceed to your next item. Yes, please. Okay. Directors, item 11 is authorizing the executive director to execute amendment number five to the professional services agreement with the law firm Seafarth Shot LLP to provide legal services related to phase one construction closeout, increasing the total amount of the contract by 4.1 million for a not to exceed amount of 20 million and amending the fiscal year 23-24 capital budget for phase one to reallocate 2.5 million to accommodate the contemplated legal services with no change to the total amount of the fiscal year budget or the overall phase one program budget. Dennis Tershawn, Senior Construction Manager for Phase One, is here to address you. Good morning, Directors, Vice Chair Mandelin. I appreciate the opportunity to present this item before you uh, in support of Agenda Item 11. We also have uh, in attendance uh, Ron Alameda, who is the Director of Design and, and Construction of Phase One. And then also we have uh, in the back row uh, Greg Dulick, who is uh, Cypher Shaw's uh, council representative, usually Mike McKeeman is here, uh, but in this time, uh, uh, Greg is filling in their, their co-councils as we uh, continue to close out uh, phase one construction. This item before you uh, is brought forth with a full recommendation from the TJPA staff uh, to continue those council uh, uh, professional services as we uh, continue to try to close out phase one. No questions. Okay, seeing no questions or comments from directors, I'll check the room for public comment. We do have a member of the public in the room who would like to provide comment. Thank you, hi, this is Jim Patrick with Patrick and Company. I'd like to see a list of those items which are yet resolved, or to be resolved. We're allocating $20 million to get them resolved. I don't know, I question that. Uh, but uh, there is certainly not enough information to digest relative to evaluate whether this is a good idea. Thank you. Thank you. Seeing no other public comment in the room, I will check online. Seeing no public comment online. I will go ahead and call the, uh, the vote. Do I have a first to move the item? I'll make a motion. Thank you, Director Lipkin. I have a first by Director Lipkin. Do I have a second? Second. Second by Director Ruers. I will go ahead and call the vote now. Director Forbes? Aye. Forbes, aye. Director Lipkin? Aye. Lipkin, aye. Director Ruers? Aye. Ruers, aye. Director Syed? Aye. Syed, aye. Vice Chair Mandelman? Aye. Mandelman, aye. Item 12 is approved. If I may proceed to your next item. Please do. Oh, pardon me. Item 11 is approved. If I may proceed to your next item. 
right. Item 12 is authorizing the executive director to execute a master agreement and program supplements with the California Department of Transportation, Caltrans, and adopt the associated resolution to enable the programming and allocation of up to $60 million in state transit and intercity rail capital program funds. And at this time, we have Mary Pryor, TJPA financial consultant, here to uh, present the item. Good morning, directors. I'm Mary Pryor with NWC Partners. And this item is to approve a master agreement with Caltrans, which will allow for the flow of funds of the $60 million in TIRCP funds um, that was uh, allocated to the TJPA in April. Uh, the California Transportation Commission, or CTC, is expected to program the $60 million at their next meeting in October. Um, and allocate $15.5 million at that same meeting with the balance of the funds to be allocated in fiscal year 25. If you have any questions, I'm happy to answer. Yeah, Director Lipkin. Uh, not so much a question, but just a comment that I'm excited to see this item move forward. I think it's important that the state is a, a funding contributor towards this project, and this is an important step in actually being able to use the state funds. Uh, to continue to advance the work. So I'm supportive. And I'm imagining we will hear in our next item about our gap and the work we're doing to, to close that, which is still significant. But thank you for your work and your report. All right, if there are no other comments or questions, I will check the room for public comment. Seeing no public comment in the room, I will check online. Seeing no public comment online, I'll proceed to call the vote for this item. Do I have a first to move it? I'll make a motion. All right, motion uh, by Director Forbes, and do I have a second motion? So moved. Thank you, and a second by uh, Director Syed. I will go ahead and um, call the vote. Director Forbes? Aye. Forbes, aye. Director Lipkin? Yes. Lipkin, aye. Director Ruhrs? Aye. Ruhrs, aye. Director Syed? Aye. Syed, aye. Vice Chair Mandelman? Aye. Uh, Mandelman, aye. This item is approved. Proceed to your next item. Yes, thank you. Directors, item 13 is San Francisco Peninsula Rail Program Executive Steering Committee update and status of the downtown rail extension slash the portal work plan schedule. Michelle Bouchard, ESE Chair, will provide the update, followed by Anna Harvey, TJPA Deputy Project Director for Engineering, who will provide the status of the schedule. Great. Good morning, Vice Chair Mandelman, directors. Um, happy to be here on uh, Transit Month. For me, every day is a happy transit month, so <laughs> I hope everyone will wow. ride transit. <laughs> um, every also, day, every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, transit, maybe not happy transit, but um, anyways, um, really do appreciate a couple of shout outs for our upcoming event up uh, at 4th and King. We're really excited about it. Um, anytime we get to shut down a, a street in San Francisco to celebrate transit and some of our uh, accomplishments, it's a... Uh, it's, uh, uh, we're hoping for the same type of turnout, uh, if not a bit more than we did in San Jose. Um, also wanna thank uh, Director, uh, Executive Director Vandewater, Project Director Alfonso Rodriguez for attending the FTA Construction Roundtable. Um, you know, as we navigate the FTA process, it's gonna be really important to learn the lessons from others 
uh, as opposed to potentially uh, starting from whole cloth. There's a lot of experience out there that this project can pull from. So, um, so really important to do so, and, and certainly um, we'll build our kitchen cabinet that way of folks that we can call, um, you know, and again, as we navigate the process and get into what is the extension of an operating rail line. Um, that will need to operate throughout the course of construction. So a little bit of complexity involved there. Um, so on to my prepared remarks. Um, after achieving major milestones in August, including the approval of the financial plan and the request to enter engineering, TJPA and the portal team, together with our six partner agencies supporting the PRP, um, continue to collaborate to advance the program while we eagerly anticipate the outcome of the FTA's review of our supporting documents, culminating in the portal's risk assessment and readiness reports to advance into engineering. The FTA will finalize a project rating for this grant stage, and if favorable, will admit the project to engineering, at which time a fixed capital investment grant dollar amount is established reflecting FTA's entire funding participation subject to an execution of a full funding grant agreement. With this completed, the FTA will consider recommending the project at the end of this year for funding in the next White House budget recommendation and consideration by Congress for the federal fiscal year uh, 2025. Last month at ESC, we received a presentation on the path to baseline budget and schedule and had a productive conversation on procurement readiness and funding in advance of future ESC discussions on the specifics of the procurement process as it progresses and this board's consideration of a baseline budget and schedule in November. The IPMT continues to be closely engaged and met in late August and early September on items related to vertical circulation and scope deferral, procurement document preparation, governance work to prepare a successor memorandum of, memorandum of understanding and contract packaging. This concludes my comments, and next Anna Harvey, TJPA Deputy Project Director for Engineering, will provide a look ahead of project-related items appearing before the board in the coming months. Oh, she's, she's right behind. She's right behind. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> that was tricky of you. <laughs> wasn't intentional. Good morning, Vice Chair Mandelman and directors. Um, this, okay, this month's look ahead for your consideration goes from the months of October until February of 2024. Um, coming for, before your attention next month will be two action items and one information item. The first action item will be an amendment to the existing Enabling Works Site Planning Memorandum of agreement, which is an agreement which we have with Caltrain to fund their, do you need me to, sorry about that, um, an agreement with Caltrain to fund their design and project management oversight of our ongoing design work for the work that needs to take place for the portal in the Caltrain 4th and King Rail Yard. The second action item that will be coming before you is a conflict of interest policy um, related to procurement. Uh, and then for information, as there will be several presentations on this leading towards January, um, an information item on PDB construction procurement. 
Following that, we'll have a jam-packed November uh, with three action items for your consideration and one information, uh, the baseline budget and schedule, which uh, Executive Director Bouchard just referenced, um, a contract packaging and delivery approach, which will be an action item that will build upon the procurement item that you'll hear as information in October, making some recommendations for slight adjustments to contract packaging as we've advanced those since the project delivery analysis study. Uh, and then the RM3 funding request, which was referenced in the CAC report earlier. And then for information, for your consideration as we begin the steps towards potentially commencing our right-of-way program early next year, the draft relocation impact study plan uh, for, your, for information for your consideration. That will commence a uh, public comment period. And then following that in December, the relocation impact study will come back to you as final, incorporating comments out of that public comment period um, for your consideration as an action in December. In addition to that, we'll, you'll also be seeing the successor governance MOU, which is the memorandum of understanding amongst the six partner agencies that will succeed the existing DTX Peninsula Rail Program MOU. Then going into the new year, um, subject to funding, as all of these are, the PDB construction procurement will be advanced for your consideration as an action item. And then in February, the award of the project management construction management contract. And with that, I'll take any questions about your jam-packed schedule coming up in the next five months. Yes, Director Forbes. I have a couple. Um, is the conflict of interest policy for us, the directors, or who is the policy for that you're creating? Um, I'm going to refer you to Deborah Miller. Thank you for the question, uh, Director. The, it is an organizational conflict of interest policy, which many of the member agencies have adopted, and it's specific to um, anticipating the, the progressive design build form of construction contract. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's intended to give guidance to potential bidders on the PDB contract. So it's geared towards potential bidders. contractors. I see. Thank you. Piggybacking off that, if it's helpful, we've because we have a lot of procurement going on right now, we've recently had to update some of ours and re really looking to find the balance of not conflicting people out, but it, um, especially for small business opportunities uh, to work on the program. So if it's helpful for Deborah, for you to connect with some of our legal team that worked on that, I'm happy to uh, put you guys in touch. I appreciate that. We certainly have been looking at your policy okay. and the invitation <laughs> um, is well received. Thank you. Yeah. This is all very important work, and, and I do kind of want to ask a little bit about how to think about the gap closing over the next year. I mean, is it going to be, well, we got this gap, we got this gap, we got this gap, and then at some point we don't got this gap? Or is there something that the commissioners should be um, kind of looking at or markers of whether, I mean, is this going to be like, things are looking good or things are looking bad, or is there just a moment where it's, either it's happening or it's not? 
Yeah, thank you for the question, Vice Chair. Uh, a, a couple of comments. First, um, on progressive design build uh, at the conference in Los Angeles, there was a lot of discussion of, of modernizing construction methodologies and project delivery uh, methodologies, moving from design bid and design bid build to construction manager at risk and progressive design build. So a lot of evolution in that field and a lot of movement in that direction, um, which you see here. The, on the action items before you, some of them are uh, conflict of interest policies, statements of uh, MOUs, other things. The, the big ones are in the November timeframe, um, and we're anticipating uh, with all of our work with the Federal Transit Administration, which has been advancing very nicely over the last several months, that we would be given a uh, project rating around the October timeframe. Um, recall we need a medium or higher rating to be grant eligible. We've been trending at medium high, uh, but there are many variables that the both the project management oversight com uh, consultant and financial management oversight consultant that work on behalf of FTA will be reviewing to make that determination. We'll get that in October. That will allow us to come to you in November to adopt a final baseline budget and schedule. That will look a lot like what was approved here in August with some very minor modifications, we think, from that FMOC and PMOC. But importantly, what that does is it sets the maximum price for the federal participation in the project. So <clears throat> with the inclusion of the FTI's capital investment grant and our existing committed and budgeted funds, we're about 78% funded. Uh, we're making great progress to getting this towards construction, but that last 22% is fairly reliant on external grant sources and, and other sources. If we adopt a baseline budget and schedule in November, um, it starts the clock to uh, identify those sources or uh, run the risk of escalation from, from years of delay. So I just want you to be prepared and we'll be providing you know whatever information you require to get you ready for that decision in November. Um, because having that project rating being entered into engineering increases our likelihood of receiving some of those grant awards, which we are reliant on. Um, but it does put us in a position where we need to start accruing those funds um, and we're capping that federal share. So there's a, a decision point ahead of us that we've been working towards. Um, and the November timeline will be a, a, a point where we want to make sure you have the right information to make that decision uh, completely. So we're not really to the point of closing a 22% gap because we're not sure that we have, we're hoping, the indicators will be in November we will figure out are we actually at 78% funded and, you know, is this, you know, is there a shot at doing this or not? And then, and then there is a year of work to try to figure out how to close that gap. All of this is in service of the accelerated work schedule, which has us signing a full funding grant agreement with the FTA in the spring of 2025. So, this is a consequential decision for the board in November, um, but it gives us the time until the spring of 2025 to align those sources. And as has been previously presented through our funding plan, there are a number of um, opportunities on that list that we need to collectively, collectively evaluate their likelihood of closing that last 22% gap. Okay. All right. Oh, Director Forbes. What will be the benchmarks during that period, once we make the consequential decision and there is the need to close that gap, are you thinking through benchmarks of, of, of performance or I think the, the vice chair is asking a very good question, like how do we know if we're on track or not on track during that close the gap period? 
There'll be a number of interim decisions, um, one of which is uh, whether we're awarded some of the applications that we've already submitted through CRISI, through federal state partnerships for inner city rail, through transit inner city regional capital programs. The first two of which are FRA, Federal Rail Administration grants that we should hear by the end of the calendar year. Um, MEGA is a third that we should hear probably early next year, uh, which will be an indication of uh, progress on that front. The Metropolitan Transportation Commission has had some success with their major project advancement policy trying to coordinate the region. Uh, they'll be re revisiting their prioritization um, as part of that process in likely the November timeframe. Um, and as was previously mentioned, we are the only application in the region for mega funds. We hope to get their support as part of that process. So there'll be some indicators um, over the coming months, but some of them will come after the November timeline. So we'll do our best to outline those for you so we know what is coming when. Um, should we proceed in November and then we would be proceeding towards the execution of an FFGA, the Federal Transit Administration will not sign a full funding grant agreement without the required match. Um, so the November timeframe, to be clear, is to uh, lock in the federal participation, which is an absolute dollar amount. It's calculated as a percentage of the project cost, but as we all know, Projects that get delayed are subject to escalation and those costs go up over time. Um, so that percentage would would shrink because the dollar value would be capped and the overall dollar value would, would grow. So um, we're not committing to delivering the project um, and fully funding it in November. We, what we are doing is, is capping that federal share under the CIG program. There are other federal sources, as I mentioned, uh, FTA, FRA grants, but it caps that federal share out through CIG. Thank you, Director Forbes, for putting a finer point on my question. It does sound like, um, you know, the potential benchmarks to close the 22% if, as, if, as we hope that is what we're trying to close may become clearer once we know that it is actually a 22% gap, which we will not know until November. So it sounds like there's a big giant benchmark in November. Um, and as, if, if we make it through that door, then we will start looking for more clarity around, you know, well, what else is there? Uh, one final point. If you could, uh, Director Vandewater, in your director's report, just very simply say, this is where we are, this is secured, this is unsecured, and this is, uh, you know, the current status, just so we're aware each time um, and we're clear and the public is clear on that point. Thank you. Absolutely. We've, we, as we've presented in the past and can start increasing the cadence of, we look at our funds in a couple of categories, committed, mm -hmm. those that are on, on hand and require no discretionary action and are accessible, those that are budgeted that don't need an additional discretionary action but are um, you know, still out there potentially in time, and then those are, that are planned, these are our applications and, and others. There are some sources that are budgeted but they are contingent upon downtown commercial real estate activity, for instance, which we all know is suffering from a high interest rate environment and, and is being pushed uh, a little bit into the future prior to previous estimations. It sounds like very good buckets. I think this is just one of our key uh, risk areas, uh, so keeping us all up to date and aware will be critical. Right. Thank you. There's a Donald Rumsfeld quality to this conversation of <laughs> the known knowns, the unknown unknowns. Yeah. Just one question, Adam. The city has pursued before, and it, it was difficult. But is there any opportunity to pursue federal legislation to get 
existing local match that is being spent now counted towards the match for for the CIG? Because if you could get that, if, and it's a big if, it was difficult 15 years ago, but it allows you to push out the CIG clock because you're still collecting that match, but mm. you're not you're not fixed on that federal um, potential contribution. So is that a legislative strategy or you're considering on the table to kind of help with that gap closure? Yes, in fact, thank you for raising that. Uh, the Federal Transit Administration did grant us the inclusion of the train box expenditure, which was expended in 2010 to the total of $729 million, 400 from the ARA funds at the time and the remainder from local sources as an eligible match towards phase two. So uh, appreciate your comment. I know that was a hard fought victory for the central subway project, which was phased. We have uh, one of the challenges of this project and we have that benefit of, of including the train box. It's very difficult to segment a tunnel that has a destination in an existing train box. We either get there or we don't. There are limited value engineering opportunities, which we hope to bring to you for your consideration in the coming months, um, which would reduce the scope and therefore the cost. But ultimately, it's a matter of getting from the operating railroad to the destination of the transit center to link those 11 transit providers. And that's a fixed distance and therefore a relatively fixed cost. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Thank you, Deputy Director Harvey. All right, let's decide. Uh, this is public comment time. Thank you. I'll check the room for public comment. Seeing no public comment in the room, I will check online. We have a member of the public who would like to provide comment. Moderator, can you please let them in? Good morning, uh, Vice Chair Mandelman and uh, Director Sproulin for Grand San Jose. Uh, the first thing I'd like to bring to your attention is that the link to the item in the packet is uh, broken. So there is no way for members of the public to review the material if there was any um, other than the um, other than the slide that was presented to you. Um, with regards to plugging the, the gap, uh, there are two ways to address this problem. You can either look for more money or you can take a drastic look at rescoping the, the current project, uh, including value engineering, as, as mentioned uh, by uh, Mr. Van der Water, or through the incorporation of other projects such as the, P, the PEX and the Link 21 step, step. And you might think, well, this is going to increase the cost of the project. Well, not necessarily. There are different ways to not, not just design, construct, and deliver this that could potentially save us billions of dollars. Thank you. Thank you, caller. Check for additional public comment online. Seeing no other public comment online, that concludes public comment for that item. Great, and we're gonna make sure our links work. Yes, we certainly will check that out. Uh, directors, that concludes your agenda for today. And we are adjourned. Thank you. Thank you.